Welcome back to another episode of the Listen In Podcast. We are on episode 98. You are here with your two hosts, Jake and Sean. Um, you know, for any new listeners out there or any longtime listeners, do us a favor as we get close to our end of the year episode and we get close to our 100th episode. Tell a friend about it. Just tell a friend who also likes music, who would be interested in hearing some end-of-the-year talk on best albums, best songs, end-of-the-year recap stuff. Just let them know there's a podcast out there by two kind of lame, kind of dorky, kind of nerdy white dudes who mm-hmm. really you know, don't do anything to distinguish themselves from any other podcast out there. But tell them about us. We would really appreciate that. We certainly don't do enough to deserve it, but what we could also use is some iTunes reviews. It would be nice. Just any help at all. Almsgiving, guys. It's that, Almsgiving. It's that time of year. It We're is. Co- right around the corner from Thanksgiving. That's and right. So it, it's only, it only seems right to give alms. <laughs> so please give us some alms, okay? Um, God knows we need it. So, Sean, episode 98, that means we're on to 1998 in music. That's right. Um, we're talking albums that came out in 1998. And I gotta say, uh, not the strongest year, at least <laughs> in terms of albums that I'm familiar with. So we have um, Version 2.0 by Garbage. Um, Music Has the Right to Children by Boards of Canada. Mm. Like that album. Outcast came out with Aquamini. Aquamini? I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, we know who's a narc on this podcast. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Air horn. Uh, Beastie Boys put out Hello Nasty. <laughs> Um, let me see. DMX. Put There's out not a lot here. There's it's not a dark lot and hell is hot. Here's a couple. Here's a couple. In an airplane over the sea by Neutral That's Milk a good Hotel. One. Mechanical Animals by Marilyn Manson. Mm, um, you're, still, you're not. You're not doing uh, a lot for me. Americana here. by The Offspring. Okay. The Silver Jews put out American okay. Water. I'm gonna find one more. Okay. No, two more. Ready? Okay. Follow the leader by Corn. Uh, still, you're not selling me on 98. <laughs> the Boy with the Arab Strap, Bell and Sebastian. All right. Okay, so like two good albums came out in 1998. Three good albums. <laughs> After my like very haphazard summary. To be honest, that's maybe the weakest yet. When did... Is that the weakest yet? Of the 90s for sure, yeah. No, even when... of the 80s. Of any uh, of these yes. we've done. This has to be the weakest yeah, I think year. it is. When did uh, that Backstreet Boys album come out? That Millennium? Has... No, no, that has Backstreet's back on it. Pretty sure that was 96. I could double check. What? And when did the Millennium come out? 99. Okay. All right. And, and that's, you know, it came just in time because it, it ended up being the best album of that Millennium. Just in time <laughs> to dominate the charts in the next one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Jake, 1998 in history wasn't much more interesting. So we had a couple Bill Clinton sex scandal things happening which, you know, in 2017, I think we'd look at this differently if this all happened now. Yeah. I don't think people would have given this the pass that they kind of gave in 1998. No. Um, well, although we have a president who's done... Good point. The same... Sh- probably worse... Good point. Worse things to him. Although, let's hear what these scandals were. We had former Arkansas State employee Paula Jones accuse President Clinton of sexual harassment in 1998. And then 1998 to 1999, you had the Monica Lewinsky scandal. So, and Clinton is acquitted of all impeachment charges of perjury and obstruction of justice in a 21-day Senate trial. I think that spilled over into 1999. But interesting, because I feel like if things got that far now, maybe that wouldn't be the case. But here's the deal, though. I think it's difficult to impeach, and we evidence of that as you look at Trump and look at all the accusations he's been levied with by women. 
So yeah, many. Like, and, and more egregious in terms of like what they did, what he did in terms of sexual harassment. What does it take to get this guy out of here? Yeah, I guess he actually has to commit a high crime or treason. That's not a high crime? A high crime against the country? No. So, uh, whatever. And I want to be I want I want to be clear that I I think it's a terrible act and it is a crime. I don't think it is considered a high crime against like your nation. Okay. Okay. Like, I think like why Nixon could have been impeached. Although in theory like going against the DNC, I don't know if that I mean I guess that sort of I don't know. It's all sort of bullshit and uh yeah, let's move on. Let's we're, move we're on. We're straying far afield. I have another aside. Okay. I, I don't really know what that expression means, far afield. It means we're going off course. That's what I was right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, I yeah. should have just yeah, kept yeah. that in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. What, are we, what are we talking about today? Okay, let's, let's dive into some news items here. The first one that I think we want to touch on briefly is this news about Lil Peep. So Lil Peep is has been described as an emo rapper, got some... Pub earlier this year got a lot of attention through Pitchfork. Some other Pitchfork had him in the artists to watch list. Yeah, yeah, got got some play on Twitter and everything. It was like he's the next big thing. He's like this emo rapper. He he had like tattoos all over his face. He had some okay songs. I I didn't listen to any, and I want to actually. I listened to a couple when Pitchfork wrote that thing, and um, yeah, they they were pretty good. I thought they were all right. He was polarizing among music critics. Um, yeah. I think Ian Cohen specifically like hated his music. Yes, we buried the lead a little bit because the lead of this, unfortunately, is that Little Peep has died. Yeah, he uh, by a, of a suspected overdose. Right, and I think what I wanted to bring up, I, I don't have a ton to say because I haven't listened to him. It's sad news, obviously. Yeah, it's he was very, 21 years old. Really, really sad. Ian Cohen, of all people, he he was commenting on this today on Twitter, and he was talking about how he's like, you know, it's too bad because the narrative around this guy. Was oh look how many drugs he does yeah, you know exactly. like he's oh he's crazy and it's like all right you made that a part of his brand yeah. basically and you made that a part of why he's popular and cool and stuff and it's like do you think that had anything to do with him potentially overdosing in this context? There is a sick side to that too. Yeah. It's like you the glorified like t- hot mess right. basically. Right. I think people did it with Kurt Cobain. Yeah. Um, Amy Winehouse, yeah. like there's these artists where you do sort of glorify the people who are living right on the edge, right. where you know if they, just one thing goes wrong, right. and it sounds like it did for him. Um, I, I wasn't way into his music. I listened to some songs. I liked it all right. Uh, I was more interested in like kind of what he meant culturally, right? Um, and always expected that I would get into his music maybe at some point. Although yeah. I can't say I, I have much experience with it, but definitely really sad and like. Uh, you wonder, you know, 21 is, is really young, and you just got to think this guy had probably a lot of life to live, and it clearly was a talented person mm. with an interesting perspective, and it's sad that, you know, you wonder what happened in his life that made him that level of dependent on drug use. And- yeah, I, I was reading some things today. It seemed like he dealt with a lot of mental health issues, Yeah, which I'm sure doesn't help. Uh, I know. I'm sure that played a role in this, and then you combine that with the drug use and kind of the glorification of that. I'm sure that doesn't help. It's a really sad story, though. Uh, and I always remember thinking, like, in his music videos, he was one of these artists where the whole sort of appeal, the whole allure was just, you're like, oh, this guy's fucked up. Right, Like, right, I can tell, right. like, he doesn't care, man. His yeah. whole life, he's just, like, all about 
he's smoking weed he's just doing pills he's doing whatever it takes to just feel weird <laughs> all the time right right and it's that's really sad that that's glorified yep yep I don't know, man. There's some part of everyone that wants to feel a little drunk or high all the sure. time. Maybe it is sure. part of the psyche. Like we're all holding back, yep. and we see these people out on the fringes, and we're like, "Ooh, that!" I, like I wish I could live that way. But you this, don't. You this don't. Hedonistic though. lifestyle, basically. But, but in truth, yeah. I feel like you, you really don't wish that because I think even if right. you're him and you're out there, you see what happened, and also, like, that lifestyle can't be fulfilling and it has to be a lot of pain all the time. Yes, and you're just numbing it and it's a constant cycle. It's very, very sad. It is. It's really sad. And yeah, I saw that news on Twitter today. It like threw me because I was like, oh, I saw a bunch of news about this guy earlier in the year and it was like this novelty almost. I was like, oh, he's fucking dead now. Yeah. Like, it did. I mean, as a sort of a figure in the public eye, it didn't take long. No. No, no. It's a Sad. sad thing. Very, very sad. Yeah, man. Jeez. Well, on that note, let's move on to slightly happier news, I guess. Um, yeah, if you want to call it, it that. So we talked a little last week, Jake, about the impending Taylor Swift album release of Reputation. And she ended up withholding this from streaming services the first week that it was out. So as a result, we have no thoughts because we've not listened. There's no chance that I was going to go out and buy this album just to have thoughts on this episode of the podcast. Like, I was wrong about the amount of backlash that would come with this Taylor Swift album. Seems to be getting pretty good reviews, well-received. She sold a million copies of this in a week. So I I, I want to ask you about that because I saw that you wrote that. I'm curious... What exactly you thought the backlash, what form it was going to come in? Because yeah. I, th- I I expected it would sell. and I thought, Oh, of course it's going to sell. And I thought critically maybe it wouldn't do it as well. That's what I thought. But I thought maybe you meant more like social media, culturally. Yes, yes. That, so I, I thought critically it would be a, a slight backlash. And I thought socially, from people who weren't complete Taylor Swift heads, would say, oh, fuck this, I'm out on this. That really doesn't seem to be the case. Taylor has this hold over the music world where she dominates conversations, she dominates sales, dominates pop charts. She is the only thing that can make average people drive out to a Target and buy a physical CD. Who else is doing that? No one. The people who top the Billboard charts, who get who get number one after a new album release, are lucky if they're selling... <laughs> 50,000 albums in a week. She moved a million units. That's insane. She props up the music industry like nobody else does. And it's it's amazing to behold. It's a problem. That's a problem for the music industry. Say more. It's a problem when one artist is the only person who is driving album sales or people caring about music in that way. Well, okay. It, I, no, I would agree with I've you. talked to so many people who I don't have music conversations with about Taylor Swift this past week. Yeah. So the That bums me out. So it's a larger music industry problem. Yes. Okay. Yeah. She is not necessarily the problem. No. Is what you mean to say. Good for her for being able to do that. I'm saying where are the other people who yeah. are doing anything even close to that scale? So if you include streaming, do people like Drake move the needle in that way? They do. Yeah. Yeah. People like Kanye. People yes. like yeah. However, if you look at the last two Drake and Kanye releases, Pablo and More Life 
neither of those had a physical release right. the day of release because they kind of know they're like, oh, we're just going to stream this shit because that's all, that's the, how people listen to music now. Taylor has tapped into this weird other audience where she's like, yeah, I, I'm going to get the streaming numbers. I'm going to get mine eventually, yeah. but I'm going to target like the the te- like the the teenage fan base and maybe like the the moms or the dads or people who aren't on streaming I'm going to capture their dollars and then unleash it and that's not something Kanye or Drake is are doing or Lord for that matter Lord I guarantee you that Lord Melodrama is a better album than Reputation is Lord's not moving units like Taylor is no. in that in that context. Yeah, because Taylor Swift has been able to like look, I mean people like you and I like Taylor Swift to a certain degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People like parents like Taylor Swift. Everyone likes Taylor Swift. Yeah, and that's the thing is 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 and she also has all these fans from the country realm. Yep. She's moved into pop. Yep. She has sort of the best of both worlds yep. and she is this character who a lot of people seem to kind of project themselves onto in some way. Mm-hmm. A lot of, like, I feel like younger women and a lot of people who are fans of hers for a long time, they follow her like someone would follow, like, the Beatles back in the day or yeah. Elvis. She's one of those icons where yeah. people sort of j- just will sort of blindly always buy her her um, albums. And it is interesting um, because you're right. There's not a lot like that. And the I feel like... It is crazy to think that that many people went out and bought albums because I like I know I wouldn't. But the thing is, is of that million, you have to think not all of them are massive, massive fans. They're right? not. That's the thing, and that's what she's tapped into, yeah, which blows my mind. Is because no one be, being passionate about music and going out and buying records or being like primed for a release date is such a niche thing yep. in 2017. People stumble across stuff like, oh, yeah, that's out. I like that. Sure, I'm going to listen to it. There's very few people outside of, like, people who are in the music industry or, like, really, really care who are, like, release date. I'm getting this. She has been able to tap into that and turn her album release into an event like Stranger Things being released was an event or the next blockbuster superhero movie being turned into an event. She is one of our only examples of monoculture in music. You can't even say Kanye or Drake is on that level of monoculture where everyone is like, oh, new Taylor Swift came out. I'm at least aware of it. Yeah, that's a really good point. And um, yeah, wow, that's fascinating. Because yeah, you have to think that of those people, not everyone is like a totally huge fan or whatever. And it's almost like no. she's tapped into this thing where she is, it's like a movie release or it's like a, you know, like a Harry Potter book yeah. release or something where it's like, oh, like I heard about that. Like your right. grandmother heard exactly. about that. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And you know what? Like we talked last week about how um, she is basically a commodity at this point. She's a product. Yeah. And um, you got to respect it to some degree. You do. You have to because she's the only one doing it in the the... The context that she's doing it in is a challenging one because we don't have anyone else doing that. She has been able to be like, all right, here's the circumstances. Here's the game I have to play to be able to sell as much as I do and be this huge. And she just does it. No one else is able to do that in 2017 besides her. And you do have to respect that no matter what you think about the music, no matter what you think about her. You got to be like, well, 
she has turned being an artist, a music artist, which with streaming and with downloads and everything is a challenging thing to be that huge with in 2017. I am trying to think of what it what is that formula? What is it she's got? It's being right? a, a not a person. It's being a product. It's it's not it's, just that. Though. It's I making mean, like, the corporate partnerships like she's done. This is what I'm. This is what I'm. I'm more getting at is like, what is that product? So like, what is it about her specifically that makes that so palatable? So okay, one element, one sort of um, ingredient in the recipe is like catchy songs. Got to have the songs, and she consistently churns that out. Yep. and seems to be a talented songwriter. I have no doubt that. But she other has, people have the songs too. No, I, that's, that's one piece. That's, that's one, one piece. piece. And, and she consistently delivers on that. And I don't have any misconceptions that she's writing them all herself. I'm sure she has probably teams of people who... But she's involved. She's definitely involved. Um, the other is image. Yep. It has to be. It helps that she's a, a pretty blonde white girl. Uh, I think that helps a lot. Yep. I think it helps a lot. And I think that um, that is a, it, you know, it's a distinguishing factor sure. between her and Drake. And her, or and even Kanye like a West, Rihanna, or Rihanna. Now here's an interesting one. Where, where, how about Beyonce? Beyonce is basically on that same level, I think, because even if she isn't moving physical album copies the way Taylor Swift does, is that even really how? I mean, sure, it's how we measure sales, sure, but in terms of cultural impact, you could. I think you, there's a solid argument that Beyonce is bigger. I would agree with that. I think like here's the everyone knows her. Here's the difference. And she's in the Illuminati. <laughs> here's the difference. It it's it's a race thing. It's yeah. It is. And it's not fair, but when you have Fox News saying that Beyonce's formation video is like a, a anti cop video, that eliminates an audience that is probably gravitating towards Taylor Swift. Because Taylor Swift is so inoffensive. And this goes into my other point. Taylor Swift, like we said last week, has not disavowed white supremacists or neo-Nazis or anything. She still hasn't. And you know what else is interesting is that she's inoffensive, but she's mastered this art of being apparently or like seemingly edgy Without right. doing it. Yeah. Without actually right. being edgy. Without right. actually saying anything of right. substance. It's genius. She's repackaged the same few sentiments about breaking up with people, yep. about sort of I'm changing and you don't get me, yep. kept it just vague enough. Yep. These aren't criticisms, people. I'm, I'm, this, this is a master branding expert at work. Yeah. And you have to respect what she does. Here's someone for you, Sean, who I, I wonder what you think about the following Ed Sheeran, Coldplay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Similar, not quite as big. Ed Sheeran's up there. Yeah, neither, neither are as big as Taylor. Coldplay's different where Coldplay, I think everyone has an awareness of Coldplay, but it's tougher with a band. They don't, it's tougher with a band. They don't move albums like she does. No. They're not selling a million, maybe the whole album cycle. Fair, fair. She also gamed it. So, well, yeah, so yeah, she but she can do that. I know. I, you know? I'm not saying she can't. And that's the whole thing. Yeah. She, what, what about Ed Sheeran? It feels like he's a similarly white, inoffensive, right. writes things that seem, like, again, like that song, The Shape of You, where See, it's all about, like, I, I, sex, and I, it seems yeah. edgy. It's not really. I think the difference between Ed Sheeran, who I've never heard a song by, 
They're okay. I, I, and I'm not saying that to be like, oh, look at me. I don't listen to Ed Sheeran. I just, I haven't to heard a song. To virtue signal? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Taylor is somebody who even like hardcore music critics or hardcore music fans have to stand up and pay attention to and be like, all right, what's this about? Because if you don't, you're being ignorant to like that monoculture. I don't think Ed Sheeran's not monoculture. No, he he's getting close with the Game of Thrones thing and with like his album sold and on Spotify, the streams on that album were crazy. But, but what I mean is like he still has a whole subset of people who he's never gonna reach. Taylor reaches those people still. Who are those people? Like what's what's what does that person look like? Well, I think it looks like you or I, to be honest with you. We're not seeking out the new Ed Sheeran record. No. We're going to listen to the new Taylor record. Yeah, I will. And I think music critics, like, Ed Sheeran's not getting play in every single music publication. No. Just, from, he, from Stereo Gum to Pitchfork to Rolling Stone, where... He got every, a Pitchfork review and it got just ripped to shreds. Taylor got like a 6.5 or 6.8 or something like oh, that. Oh, is that what like, it was? Pretty, I, pretty yeah. decent score. Got a four out of five from Rob Sheffield, who's in the bag for Taylor on Rolling Stone. Like, Rob Sheffield's all in on he Taylor. He is trying to be like she's the next Beatles, or like is the Beatles. Well, I mean, which she sort of is for 2017. That's the thing. Yeah, and Sheeran isn't. Taylor is, and that's where that's the distinguishing factor. Yeah, and, and it's what's tough too is like it's it's hard to take something that has been. With time and with nostalgia and with the the sort of the help of history, like the Beatles, that at the time to a lot of people was viewed as like a harmless pop band. Years on, they seem like geniuses. Right. Um, I still have a hunch they are more important than someone like Taylor Swift musically, but that might just be again the retrospect thing. It might be yeah, yeah. me looking at yeah. it with rose-colored yep. glasses, yep. and it might be me. As someone who exists right now yep. today, not fully understanding what her impact will be in 2017, or Kanye it, West or any of those. People. In 2017 is a completely different atmosphere for music, and 2017 sucks. So of course, like Taylor Swift is our Beatles. It's, you know, like it just makes sense. See, but the problem with that is like we talked last week about um, Taylor Swift. I think you said in in no. Minced terms sucks. Yeah. True enough. She's a commodity and she's like, at least to a music purist, in some way offensive mildly. At the same time, I, the neo-Nazi thing is fucked. Yeah, just but, be like, hey, I don't support that. At the same time, I don't like, I don't have a visceral reaction to her, but that's right. a part of the problem. Right. Is like, I don't have a reaction to her. Right. I like some of her songs. I do too. I actually look forward to listening to Me the record. Me too. Me I'm too. I'm trying to th- what, what, some more of the formula. So her race, white woman. Yeah, that helps. Yep. Young, pretty. Yeah, writes good songs. Yep. can't take that away from her. Seems like a good performer. Good performer. Um, has these see- corporate partnerships. Knows how to align herself the right way to to maximize business. Four. Yep. And then also, the inoffensive thing is one way to put it. But also, she comes. She. By not aligning herself strongly with any one philosophy or not going too strong into any sort of way of thinking or being, she people can project what they like on exactly her. right. Yep, so you, it's Absolutely. easy with Taylor Swift Absolutely. to sort of say, Oh, she's like this type of person. Yep. I know she I is. want her to be that way because she seems at the same time, she, she sort of has her cake and eats it too because yep. she seems 
just sweet enough. She seems just cool enough. She seems just like edgy enough. Mm-hmm. She seems just basically, you know what I mean? Like all that stuff. She mm-hmm. seems just like girl next door enough. She yep. seems also like unattainable. unattainable. Yeah, exactly. It's yep. She sort Absolutely. of has all of that. She does. And, and, and to that end, I don't know that there's anyone else I can think of who has that. Nope. And I think, yeah, I think you nailed it. Beyonce's close, but Beyonce doesn't have that unattainable thing. Her whole shtick. Oh, oh no, I think she does. No, no, sorry, the, 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 the reverse. Exactly. The reverse. She doesn't have the like the. She's even on more of a pedestal yes. than Taylor. It's Queen Bey. That's you know? what I meant. Yeah, exactly. That's what I meant. Exactly. The... So you can go. I think the alternative to that is like go completely the other way and just max it out. You and know? she has, and that's yeah. like I think a big reason why she's a part of those Illuminati conspiracy theories, <laughs> right? Right. Because in people's minds, she seems like. She's just like so, such a celebrity, right. you couldn't even talk to her. Exactly, exactly. Very interesting. Let's switch gears, Jake, and let's talk about somebody who is almost... Taylor Swift's polarizing. Father John Misty, polarizing as well. And they're linked because uh, in a song, Father John Misty talks about betting Taylor Swift. That's right. Every he, night inside the Oculus Rift. <laughs> that's That's right. So the reason why we're bringing up our favorite singer-songwriter on this active singer-songwriter on this podcast, as you know, 2017 has been the year of Father John Misty, and it only seems right, Jake, that he is rounding out the year by announcing his new album is coming in 2018. So in an interview that he did with Uncut Magazine... Can I just say quickly yeah, that yeah. hilariously, the <laughs> sort of banner image for the magazine interview, it's a it's the perfect Father John Misty pull quote and picture. It's yep. that picture of him in yep. like a pea coat, yep. looking brooding and sort of look, holding like just under his collar and looking off into the middle distance with a pull quote that says, Am I an asshole? I don't know. <laughs> Like, it's, I saw that earlier, laughed. I was like, it's almost like you picked the most cliche Father John Miss. It'd be like an Onion article on Father John Miss. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, is like, talk about people who have gamed the system. Yeah. Josh yeah. Tillman has gamed. His, Seriously. He games the media. He knows what they want to hear. Just an interview with him is news, basically. And like, how much of it is artifice? That's what fascinates <laughs> yeah. me. It's like, how much of what he gives people in interviews is just an act versus how much is real. Well, I think he just knows how to play the game really, really well. He does. He's brilliant. And here's the thing. So he announced he's got a new album coming next year. This is on the heels of the masterpiece that is Pure Comedy that came out this year. And he said he is coming out with what he dubs uh, a heartache album. He said it's all written. It's ready to go. This was written, according to him... Uh, in a six-week period where I was kind of on the straights, take that for whatever you want to, for whatever you think it means. Right. He says, I was living in a hotel for two months. It's kind of about, yeah, misadventure, he says. It's really rooted in something that happened last year that was, well, my life blew up. So this is something I've been fascinated with. Because he mentioned this in the press yes. tour for Pure Comedy. This is what I wanted to get into, is that I've been fascinated with this part of what happened to Father John Misty this year for months. Because he's referenced this many times in interviews I've read, and he's never given more specifics. And he um, he said later in the interview, I don't want to talk about what happened. Maybe 30 years from now I will. I know that sounds dramatic, but to talk to me about what it, this album's about, I'd have to bring other people into the picture who don't want to be. This got me thinking... 
what is this? What happened? I, I need to know. So, I have some guesses. I, I, I do too. And based on the context clues of him saying it's a heartache album, him saying this is going to be the real I love you, honey bear, without the cynicism. True. And talking about how his life blew up, how he was living in a hotel for two months. This all just points to something happened with his marriage. It had to be, right? Seems like it, but at the same time, I never saw any news about, like, a divorce. Yeah, but, like, why would you necessarily, you know? Like, I don't know, because maybe they didn't get divorced. Like, I think it's easy for a Father John Misty, Josh Tillman kind of guy to keep that stuff private, keep that in-house, you know? Like, that's not necessarily going to be news that we would see. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. There, I remember there being some news about... I think they, they're they kind of like a little bit of a celebrity couple. Like on the lowest rung of yeah, celebrity sure. couple you can be. Like within indie circles. The other thing I thought about is like maybe he had some even bigger, huger fallout with his family. Or really reckoned with what's going on there with him and his family. Mm-hmm. And like what that relationship is. And confronted them in some way and was either rejected or like and something terrible happened. That's my only other guess. The, the the obvious guess and the one that I immediately thought of is that, yeah, he broke up with Emma. Yeah. That's I, her name, I, right? Yes. And I, it's a good guess with the family. I think the only thing that leads me to believe that it, it wasn't that is it seems like he's kind of come to terms with that already. It's just like, well, we're, we don't, we're not close. Like, we're different people. And it kind of maybe already happened. And I think it probably did. And why would he be living in a hotel for two months? And why would he call this, a, you know, a heartache album? I, you know... I think it lends itself more to being like, something happened with you and your wife. And, yeah. and here's the thing, and I think what lends lends more evidence to this. Think about who Josh Tillman is and how he is. He can't be an easy guy to be in a relationship with. Certainly not. And he, he talked about, I think he said something in this interview about how he said, if I, I felt like if I blew my life up, I could put it back together in the way that I wanted, basically. Yeah. And that leads me to believe, like, he wasn't... Something about this relationship or this marriage was not going well. And he's like, I'm going to blow it up so I can reform it in this way that I see fit. And just thinking of him and all the interviews that he's done and how he is, he microdoses on LSD on the on the regular, seems like he has a lot of issues to work through that would make it difficult to be in a healthy long-term relationship is that fair based on what just on based on what we've heard it's a fair assumption i also was looking at the the quote and it, it could very well just mean one person but the way he said i'd have to bring other people into yes. the picture it seems like there's multiple people involved I'm, i could yeah see i read that as one person maybe because i'm you know thinking it's this that's what i'm saying is like right. my initial response i was like okay that's what happened that's sort of always what i've thought but it could easily be something else. I but I see what you mean about the I love you, honey bear. That seems like a big clue that this is something to do with yeah. some sort of romantic heartache. Yeah. Um listen to these song titles. Yeah. Sean. Yeah. That he announced what in the we uncut interview. These are some of their potential. I think they're not finalized. These are very, very Father John Missy song names, with I think an exception. Ouch I'm Drowning is the name of one song. Funny. Um Dum Dum Blues. This is my favorite. Mr. Tillman, please exit the lobby. This next one's my favorite. And the name of the this one is, Well, We're Only People and There's Nothing Much We Can Do About It. That reminds me of, like, when the God of Love returns, there'll be hell to pay. Yes. I love these long Father John Misty song titles. And here's the thing, listeners. I could see it being annoying. 
how much we like dissect and love this guy. Not only dissect and love, but basically openly jerk off. <laughs> yeah. Just just absolutely yeah. have yeah. because neither one of us is critical of of, of Josh. <laughs> no, he can do no wrong in our no, eyes. Basically. We both think he's really cool. I think he's a genius. And and we both really like the yeah. way he goes about all yeah, this. Stuff. We do, we do, we really do. Here's the thing, Jake. All of this aside, all of the rhetoric, all of the storyline aside, I couldn't be more excited for another Father John Misty album. He has pole position for album of the year 2018. Him and Pine Grove. <laughs> I, I, so is Pine Grove officially releasing a record? Because yes. they, didn't, they didn't really say yeah, it. No, yeah, yeah, I've heard they are. They, 2018. The way, the way he sort of said it was like, it's a group of recordings we're proud of, and this is one of them. He, he, well, didn't, he didn't really say, like, there's a, a record slated for... I think that's, like, what it is. I think it's like an album coming in 2018. Yeah. 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 Because, dude, I and this is a little bit of a tangent, Intrepid... I oh, I love so that good. song so but, good. But I I I feel this is why we almost should wait on songs and albums <laughs> when, when we discuss them because that song has skyrocketed mm. for me. I've listened to it in a way that I don't listen to just songs that much. Right, like, like a lot, like right. several times on repeat. Right, it's a really cool song. It's a man. great song. Anyways, but with Father John Misty, yeah, this, I I also can't wait for this album. You know what else is it? It is for me with him too. Is like I can't wait to just see like what the product is. I can't oh, wait to see yeah. what the title is. I yep. can't wait to see what the album cover yep. is. Yep. How long it is. How many songs there are. Yeah, you know what I mean. And like, and like get that first taste of a single. As much as I love pure comedy, and it's going to be my album of the year. I, I love you, Honey Bear. Is still my favorite Father John Misty album. Because I love I love when he's talking about these big themes. I love when he's just talking about human relationships yep. too. And that's what I love you, Honey Bear, deals with a lot with some of those big themes sprinkled in. I couldn't be more excited to be getting more of that. It yeah. seems like with this album. Could be even like a little probably it'll be darker, probably. Yeah. Have some maybe pure comedy. Sprinkled and twisted in like a flavor twist. Yeah. Like I'm picturing an ice cream, a, a pint of ice cream. Sure. And the vanilla ice cream, oh, Sean, yeah. in this pint is his, it's a song about love and heartbreak. Yep. But sprinkled in like the caramel swirl is a little bit about sort of Some nihilism. Yeah, nihilism or yeah. about how the, you know, the industry runs the world yeah. or, you know, these yeah. major religion yep. confuses us. Yeah. See, Th- that's what I want. I need that shit. Yep. And that's why I'm so excited. For this new album, this news made my day. Yeah. I'm sad that he had to blow his life up and he was dealing with some shit. It's but gonna, at the same time... It's going to give us some good art. At the same time, yeah, it doesn't affect us directly. Uh, no, we we reap the benefits, Jake. We do. Uh, all right. Oh, wait, last note about this yeah, album yeah. that I, I think is pretty cool. Uh, Jonathan Rado of Foxygen is involved uh, Interesting. in producing it. I think he... Father John was playing or Josh Tillman, was playing drums on an album that Rado was producing or something, yeah. or was involved with in some way. Um, this little circle of friends here, Jonathan Rado of Foxygen, Tim Heidecker of Tim and Eric, and Father John Misty seem to be kind of circling each other in some ways, because Father John covered that Tim Heidecker song. Tim Heidecker has worked with Jonathan Rado. Rado has worked now with Father John Misty. Maybe we get a new trio of yeah. like dark comic uh, folk. Yeah, I'd love that. Yeah, I'd be all about that. Let's do. Tell you what, Jake. We we had a little bit of a longer pre-show. We got the Celtics game coming on. Let's pick one mailbag question. Uh, let's I, let's do this. The Kevin's first one here. Unless you were thinking of doing no. Go, which one? Okay, I was gonna say this comes from big friend of the pod, Kevin. 
Um, his question, he asks, does Sean get anywhere near as up for Christmas music as Jake does? So listeners, there's a little history to this one. Mm-hmm. Um, the question, you probably have it. It's just that I really like Christmas music. Um, and he also asks, can Jake pinpoint why he loves Christmas music so much? So, Sean, I'll give you the floor first okay. per the question's okay. order. Here's the deal. I do not get as up for Christmas music as Jake does because it's, almost, blame it's almost not possible to. That does not mean that I dislike Christmas music. I love Christmas music. It gets me in the mood for the Christmas season. I have a big nostalgic, emotional attachment to it when I was a kid. I don't listen to it as much as I maybe would like. Yeah. Um, I still really like it, though, but not as much as Jake. I, I, I just, I, I don't. I don't like it as much as you. That's totally fair because I think that's probably human. Sure. I think that's probably about right yeah. to just like have a healthy relationship yeah. with it. Although to be fair, I don't feel like by any stretch I like obsess. I don't listen to Christmas music no. other times no. of the year. No, 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 I have, no. It, it but has its what you play. have been known to do is turn normal songs into Christmas songs. Yes. yes. So Change like, lyrics to be about he, Santa's sleigh. It, it's mostly just around Santa's sleigh. And like presents for good boys and girls. Usually <laughs> yeah, lyrics, yeah. I'll take lyrics from pop and rock songs <laughs> and rap and turn it into Christmas music. Yes. It's a big hit at parties. Yes. It gets it's funny. A, it gets it's a little funny. old. It's gets funny. A little old. Yeah, it's funny. It's um, funny. Can I pinpoint why I love Christmas music so much? Um, I think... That growing up, Christmas was always a lot of fun, and I always liked, like anyone does, sort of like the warm... Something tells me this is going to get a little sad. No. Okay. It's not really sad. Okay. Okay. I mean, it's... I was waiting for the Christmas was fun, but... No. Okay. No. What's sad is that it's more about my worldview, I think. Okay. And that I am generally... A slightly depressive person. Sure. Someone who tends to uh, overanalyze just about everything. Yep. I'm pretty sure anyone who's ever listened to this podcast or met me knows that. Yep. There's something about... Oh, hit the microphone. There's something about Christmas where it feels like... if And again, this assumes you celebrate Christmas. But you get together with people at like a family party. You get together with people... You get with friends. And there's something about it where everyone has... Their mood is just a little twisted towards being nicer to people, a little warmer, a little friendlier. Yeah. There's just something about that like warmth. It's like people need it as you're going into winter. It's like you know yeah. winter's going to suck. You need we this. Gotta like, stock up. You got to stock up on yeah. sort of joy. On cheer. And cheer. And, and <laughs> the music... Look, I'm a person whose neural pathways are are just dominated <laughs> by they're dominated to by melody. Yeah, yeah, and they're dominated by music. It's right. it's like how I remember things. Like right. I I have memories of being in college and listening to like Radiohead. Like, yeah. like I'm thinking yeah. of uh, Amnesiac. Right. And I like I do this thing where I have specific memories, and if I think of a song, I can feel yeah. exactly that yep. feeling again. Yeah. It's like a synesthesia or something uh-huh. where I can feel the precise emotions I felt when I first was into that song. So with Christmas music, something about it chemically channels yeah. that Christmas that feeling sense. for me. And it reminds me a little bit of being a kid and mm. gives me a little bit of a sense of wonder mm-hmm. that I so rarely have anymore. It's important to have that still. It it's is. It's very important. And any way you can hold on to that I think is great. 
And Christmas music is as good of a way to do that as any. And I have I have like a pretty boss Christmas playlist yeah. on Spotify. Yeah, it's good. Called You'll Love This Christmas Jake, Playlist. If you could pick one Christmas song that's your go to, yep. what is it? I have mine. It's Nat King Cole, The Christmas Song. Yeah. Um, damn, man. That's one. Really... I don't want, well, I could go with this, this. I want one. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with O Tannenbaum, the uh, opening track, I believe. Yeah, the opening track on the Charlie Brown Christmas album. Great pick. Um, that album, more than any, captures that mix yeah. of melancholy slash trying to put on a happy face slash also feeling kind of happy yeah. mixed into one in the form of music and Vince Guaraldi's sort of uh, piano notes. Yes. I, there's something about the vibe of that record. It has a little bit of hiss because it's jazz yeah. recorded in the 60s. Oh, it's nice. It's just warm enough, it's but nice. it's also you're like Charlie Brown. Hey. He was a little dysthymic hey, too. Hey, he... Suffer from depression. Charlie Brown was like probably eight, and he was like, "It's a commercial holiday." <laughs> That's you know what it is is that 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 Christmas special really is for adults. Yeah, it is because when you're a kid, you're like, "Oh, this is boring." <laughs> right. It's boring. Right. That it's beautiful. It is the Charlie it Brown is. Christmas special. It's, is it's like, amazing. It's 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 amazing. It's a great piece of art. It's a good piece of art, and like as I grow up. My favorites were always How the Grinch Stole Christmas animated and yeah. uh, Charlie Brown. Yeah. I think Charlie Brown has started to edge it. Oh, I would. Oh, for because sure. Because the Grinch, it's like it's great, but right. it's, there's not that much of a second layer. No. Although when his heart grows another size, Sean, ten sizes. Yeah. I, a, I, I feel that a little bit. Yeah. He's smart. Sure. Sure. He's, you know. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so that's, 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 that's Christmas. We'll probably have, you know, some more Christmas song talk sprinkled throughout as the yeah. the season gets near. How was it? Did that, did that feel like an adequate explanation? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think it was a great explanation. Okay. Very, very good. good. So, Kevin, that's your answer. Uh, let's round out the episode with a little re- release radar. Again, we're coming to the end of the year. We're scraping the bottom of the barrel. I was trying to do like a radar sound. Okay. You know what I'm t- Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let's let's workshop that. We'll we'll, we'll table it. <laughs> um, I, I don't even know. Like, all right. Here, okay, I'll give him to yeah. you. <laughs> you get a new album from Baths. Who's that? Like, he's the guy who released Cerulean and Obsidian. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah this yeah, might yeah. actually be a decent record. Okay, all right, cool. This cool. album is called uh, Romaplasm. Sure, not a, not a, a very accessible name. No. These were the only other ones I found that seemed even close to salvageable. New Morrissey record, Low in High School, it's called. Yeah. Oh, like he's doing a low in high thing. Boo. Great pun, yeah. Morrissey. Yeah. Um, Sia, who I think is famous, <laughs> is releasing, it looks like a Christmas album. Every day is... Sia's is famous, yeah. Every day is Christmas. Uh, the one I would add to this, Charlotte Gainsbourg... Is coming out with one too that I think is supposed to be pretty good. Again, we're we're getting to the end of the year. We're scraping the bottom of the barrel. Release here. radar. I think it's gonna. It'll be a segment that's better next year. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. We we introduced it at maybe the wrong time. Anyways, we are getting dangerously close to our end of the year rankings episode. Stay tuned for that in the next couple weeks. I'm pumping through those re-listens me now, too. man. Me too. Oh, me too. You probably are further along than me. I think you got into the spirit a little before me. Yep. Yep. Tis um, the season. It tis the season indeed. I'm starting to get my motor sort of running on that. Good. Good. Um, good. Lot of, dude. You know what? 2017 
is a sneaky strong year for albums. I'm excited to discuss this on our on our end of the year recap episode. I think it might be stronger than 2016. I do too, which I wouldn't have expected to be the narrative. I didn't either. Because even as far along as like August, I was like, yeah, no, not as good. But when I look back and I think about all the records Whoa, that came this year, like, yeah. I, I list, like like one today, I'll make this my recommendation of the week just for laughs. Yeah. Uh, Hooray for the Riff Raff. I listened to that today too. Yeah. That that album is really, really good. It is. I haven't listened nearly enough. No. It's really good. It's it's one of those albums and it might be the superlative for this of like album that's really good that I never want to listen yeah. to. Yeah. Yep. I never think to listen to it. There's going to be a lot of candidates for that, actually. There are. Yeah. There Maybe are. that's an indication of where we're at. Could be. But stay tuned for those episodes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Sean, we're on mic. I still have to look up. Hello, 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 hello. 1998 um, music albums. Yeah, I have two things for the pre-show. Okay. You go first because I have two I, things. I, I was well. I, I was just gonna echo our our conversation that was happening right before the start of this about the superhero movies countdown on the Ringer. What yeah. would your top ten superhero movies be? I had like. Uh, Dark Knight, Batman Begins, Avengers, both original Spider Man. Ooh, the uh, the fidget spinner dropping. Um, I have to look at a list, man. I like I, a bunch of the newer X Men's. There's uh, yeah, like First Class, Days of Future Past are potentially up there. I agree with the first two Spider Mans. Among my favorites are is the original X Men movie. Um, definitely Dark Knight. Batman Begins, I can't count because I haven't seen it recently enough and basically don't remember it. Um, wow. I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised by how good that is. I bet I will, yeah. I'm not saying it doesn't deserve it right. at all. That's right. not. I, right. don't, I don't want that to be misconstrued. Right. I'm just saying I don't remember it, okay. really. Okay. Fair kind enough. of remember Fair it. enough. Those would be up there. Um, definitely Elektra. Daredevil. No, wow. I'm just kidding. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, Catwoman. Uh, you know what, dude? The rounding off the top ten, I'd consider Avengers. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe, uh, dude, you know what's funny is like all those, the Captain America, Thor. Iron Man. Those movies all blur together. Yeah. Because they like all. I stopped seeing them. From the same exp- expanded universe. Right. The MCU. I, I stopped seeing them. And I, I saw so many of them that it was to the point where I was looking at that ranking and I saw Captain America Civil War on there. I couldn't remember if I'd seen that movie. Right. I did like I didn't know. Right. I was like, I maybe? Right. You know what it is with me in superhero movies, dude, is like I I just don't like I find them entertaining. I think we've talked about this before, but what I find entertaining is the beginning, mm. the origin story, if mm. there is one. And like the mm. rising action, like in Spider Man, mm-hmm. when he discovers his, <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> when yeah. he discovers his powers, right, and he's right. like first sh- jumping from right. roof to roof, the whole journey of becoming the superhero is cool to me. Usually, the 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 climax and falling action, I could give a shit about. You mean you don't appreciate when the city's being destroyed by the generic villain? 
No, and like, and you have to get whatever artifact is the source the, of the power. The tesseract. The tesseract or the fucking whatever. It's always like a, a shining right. jewel thing. Right. right. And you have to throw it in the thing. Close the portal where all the aliens are coming in. And I think we're yeah. literally only talking about Avengers with that. <laughs> But it feels. Well, we might as well be talking about every other. But one. it feels like all of these movies I have, agree. and it's I like agree. I just am not interested by the fight it's sequences. It's be, exhausting, and there are exceptions like the Dark Knight. They don't really do that. They kind of do with the big set piece on the boats, and the chase through like the bowels of Gotham City. Still a cool when scene. they're transferring what's his name from like the city jail to the county jail, and then right. like the. Uh, the eighteen wheeler flips over. Like there's that whole that there's that scene. That's an awesome. That's actually an awesome scene, though. Yeah, it is a good scene. I, and I think what it is is like if you see like Ant Man or Doctor oh, Strange get out of here or any of those movies. It's like I know what the general, the basic structure and sort of you know the cadence of this movie is going to be. Yeah, I can I <laughs> holding the mic tonight. Yeah, maybe. I, I I would advise against it because it'll be like coming in and out. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Jake. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I probably gave you like seven. I I, I honestly I can't do a top ten. I can't round out a top yeah. ten. Um, the two things I had, Sean, are as follows. That's yeah. uh, that's fine. Yeah. Um, one. So I've 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 kept you and the listeners up to date before when I've overslept. Oh yeah, this is a running, it's a running thing. Yeah, today was the worst by far. Oh really? Um, yeah. So I wake up most days. I have an alarm for six thirty, and then just so I know, I have about an hour left. Right. And then I wake up at seven thirty, get into work around nine. Um, I don't know what happened, but I must have been really tired because I overslept. And mind you, I had a meeting today with my whole team plus my boss's boss at 9 a.m. The 9 a.m. meeting is the worst. I woke up at 8.38. (laughs) Oh, no! I woke up at 8.38. So basically I had 20 minutes. (laughs) So I get up, and you know the disoriented feeling. And (laughs) I'm like, what? No! No! And you, and at first you go through denial. You're like, yeah, no, yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. can't be right. I like double right. check. <laughs> right, right. I was like, right. no, it can't be eight thirty eight. And I look in the mirror, and my hair is just like this. <laughs> it's just fucking everywhere. So I'm like, well, I got a shower because I can't like. <laughs> right. There's no combing it. Right. It won't be combed. So I get in the shower. I do it. <laughs> I guess no sh- time. 8.38 to get there at 9 is just enough time to do nothing. It, it's almost not enough time to get there. I know. Let alone... So I get in the shower <laughs> quick, comb my fucking stupid hair, brush my teeth, uh, get ready. By the time I'm leaving, it's probably like 8.50. <laughs> right. I get in the car. I drive to the parking lot. I park, walk out of the parking lot, and then literally run to work <laughs> from my lot. I, I walked to... Like Bedford Street in between commercial and canal. Yeah. And I ran all yeah. the way to work. I texted my boss, like, hey, I'm gonna be a little late. You know what? I got to the meeting with time to stop in the bathroom to like check that I didn't look crazy. Because right. right. I was like, right. I, right. who knows what I forgot wow. to put on. And I like I combed my hair again because yeah. it was fucking oh, out sure. of this world crazy. Um was in the meeting by 906, 907. That's not bad. No. And wow. like he knew I was gonna be late. But dude, like I was almost catastrophically late. Yeah. It's like that Dane Cook joke where he talks about how he had a, an interview at like 10 a.m. Right. Or, or 9 a.m. And he woke up at like 2.30. <laughs> <laughs> just missed it so hard. Just come- 
<laughs> just completely. <laughs> the thing is, it's like, what sucks about that is any other day, it's like, oh, I'll show up 15 minutes late and no one gives a shit. Yeah. But, I but it's like, meeting. oh, no, I have this 9 a.m. meeting. Like, for me, I consistently roll in at like 9.15. Oh, yeah. Because what happens to me, my alarm goes off at 7.30. And what I do is I have an alarm next to my bed that goes off at 7.20. And that alerts me to like, oh, you're waking up real soon. Yeah. And I immediately shut that off, go back to sleep. Then my 7.30 alarm goes off, which is my iPad, which I put in the other fucking room to make myself yes. get up. It's a good move. I not only get up and shut it off, I'm in so much like pain from being awake. From the world. I, I just shut it off. I wake up, get out of bed. I'm out of bed. I'm up. Yeah. I go back into bed. Yep, I, dude. <laughs> and I'm like, I whatever. I don't care right now. I'm like, I like hurt because I'm awake right now. I ache. <laughs> I do. It like physically pains me. And I go back to bed. And I'm like, you're just gonna stay. You're just gonna lay. You're not even gonna go. You're not even gonna fall asleep. You're just gonna lay here for ten more minutes. Yeah. And then go shower and everything. I wake up. It's eight thirty. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, you still got to shower. You still got to do everything. You got to do everything still. And I don't roll until 9.15, you know? So, like, I, for the most part, I'm pretty good about, like, I get there in the window of 8.55 to 9.05. That's yeah. my window. Yeah. The general window. I'm pretty much there every day by that time. Um, And usually that's fine. Even if I get there at 9.05, it's like, who cares? Yeah. It doesn't matter. That would be, like, the latest I usually right. would get there. And today, I, dude, to be honest with you, I still don't know how I did it. That timeline, like, doesn't add up from when you left to, like, getting to this meeting at 9.06. But I swear to God, that's exactly how it happened. It's impressive. Because, like, the shower... I didn't, like, take a fucking shower. <laughs> right, you right. I mean? That's my problem, too. I didn't, like, take stock. <laughs> that's, that's my problem. No matter how late I wake up, I still have to, like, take a luxurious shower. <laughs> I'm taking, like, a 25-minute shower. <laughs> Where it gets, like, too hot. And like I'm about to pass out from the heat. I, I this dude, I was literally in the shower for probably two minutes. I just like I didn't. Right. It was to, enough to get wet. I didn't have to yeah. soak my hair through, right, so right. I could run a fucking brush through it and get the fuck out of here. See, the more I, I would have just not showered. I would have skipped the shower entirely because I've been like, you got to take your clothes off. You got to get in the. You got to wait for the water to warm up. You got to do the whole. It's I not worth it. I swear to God, dude. For some reason, with my hair at any length. It's not a possibility for yeah. me. It, the way it is, it's so like straight. Yeah. If I go to sleep, even if I shower the night before, it's why I can't be a night shower. My hair will yeah. not. It, I cannot get it to like work out the next day. I just I would have thrown a hat on. I can't. But like you're going to a meeting. I don't have hats, man. Yeah. My head's too fucking big. Or like a winter hat. I'm not wearing a wool cap to this like meeting. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, it depends on the meeting. If it's a client meeting for me, I can't do that. If it's just a normal internal meetings, I'd be like, "Yep, hat." I've done that many a time. Like I could have maybe, but also like I just feel gross. Like I just oh yeah, up. you're not gonna feel good. No, 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 you're no. Not. You're, not, you're certainly not gonna feel good. Here's the other thing I wanted to bring okay. up. Totally unrelated. I was thinking today about how Thanksgiving is kind of a funny <laughs> word. <laughs> yes. And, and, <laughs> yes. It's, And I and this don't laugh too much yet. Okay, okay. Because I I had a, a blast yeah. from the past yeah. memory. What's even funnier than Thanksgiving is almsgiving. 
Which is like what? Because this is something we have we've referenced many times in our life. We always say alms <laughs> I don't know what that is. Look at that. I think it's a Catholic school thing. It is alms. It's like the shittier alternative. Yeah. It's like that Sunday after Thanksgiving where you give alms. Oh man, alms giving. <laughs> In historical or religious contexts, the practice of giving money or food to poor people. Oh, that's pretty nice. Okay, it's, it's just so fucking hilarious. Funny word. You know what else is really funny too? I, I do, I, really quick, I shit you not, I've, I thought of almsgiving today at work, <laughs> yeah. walking from my desk to someone else's <laughs> desk, start and laughing. I laughed out loud <laughs> yeah, yeah. at the word almsgiving. You know what else is hilarious what? that ties in with all of this? Horn of plenty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Thanksgiving related harvest. Thanksgiving related stuff. Cornucopia. Dude, they're such good words. They're such good words. It lends itself to the season, and that might be something to push Thanksgiving over the top as the best holiday. Yeah, it's 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 way up there, man. It's a good good yeah. holiday. Um, definitely. After. You just don't get presents, but as an adult, you also don't need to give presents. You just got to bring something to wherever you're going. Christmas is a little stressful. As it an is adult. stressful. It's stressful. It's stressful. I still get in the spirit a little bit. Yeah, um, it's been tough for me. Yeah, I know. It's, it's 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 tough to do. I still somehow chemically in my brain can do it. Yeah, on like yeah. the on especially right at Christmas. You know what I need to do is find like new and better traditions as an adult to yep. get excited about rather than just like, oh, I'm going to go drink with my family. Which is a fun tradition. But it's not as fun as like being a little kid and See, doing I, all the, the kid stuff. I never get drunk with my family. And this is something... I highly recommend it. It's like my family didn't really do that. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like I will... I could. What do you guys fun. do on holidays besides just Sit like... my talk. Yeah, we do that too, but we drink. You see, that sounds That's awesome. awesome. It sounds like it really facilitates the conversation. It, it does. Yeah, I bet it does. And we end up getting close. Like we've gotten closer as a family over the last five years because we just alcohol. openly drink together. That's yeah. great. I, I, and the thing is, is like we, my family just doesn't. Like my uncle will bring wine sometimes, but my grandmother doesn't really drink. My mom doesn't really drink yeah. much. She yeah. won't. Like, what am I gonna do? Get like drunk alone? Mm, yeah. Yes. Like, I could. Yes. Why not? It's you like, you know, you and Mary Kate probably just need to set the tone. Dude, Honestly? I, I gotta be you, honest, man. It's it's weird. with It's tough with my family, though. It is tough because we don't have... It's not like we have a big party. We don't have a group. No one is there to, like, pick up on that tone. Like, I could get drunk with my uncle, maybe. Yeah. That would be maybe enough. Well, it's not even, like, getting drunk. It's just, like, we're gonna... We're going to set the we're tone make Mary. of having drinks. Yeah. Where it's like we get there and we're hanging out and it's like we have drinks. Also, that's we, you gotta set that tone. Where also, it's like it's it's like happy hour or d'oeuvre happy hour right now and we're having drinks. Like that's what yeah, but we like, do. No one else takes part. That's what I'm saying, is you need to set the tone. No, they don't they actively don't want to. What if you like poured them one? I know for a fact Mimi like wouldn't have it. And it's uh, yeah, I that that's understandable. She just like wouldn't want it. She just yeah. she like doesn't want to drink. She's really that's fi- afraid that's, of that's losing fine. control. That's fine. And that's I respect that. She doesn't need to. I end up starting to cry on this like, preacher. Uh, all right, oh, let's Jesus, start the show. Jake, what the fuck? <laughs> My sobs carry us through the beginning of the episode. No, but yeah, I would I would love to drink during Christmas and Thanksgiving. 
I'll bring. Well, you beer. can. That's the thing. No, I know. I can. Just bring some beers. They don't have to if you don't want. If they don't want to. That's true. But no, if you I, want to. And I did last year. I brought some. I'm just pressuring you into being a booze in, bag. In, in vibing. No, I, and again, you don't have to uh, prove anything. Because I think it sounds like your Christmas and Thanksgiving are awesome. They're fun. They end up being pretty fun. Not that I don't enjoy mine. Right. But, you know, right, that right, sounds right, great. Right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are the holidays without, you know, a because, drink in your hand, Because, <laughs> Sean, there's something to be said about if you're drinking... <laughs> Or imbibing in other of nature's delights. Having other people do it with you is more fun. Right. It's more fun. It's true. Because you it's true. you want to be able to look it's true. look mom and dad or someone in your family eye to eye and know that you're both on one. <laughs> you do. And it's true with friends too. It's true. Like I don't want to get drunk alone and like hang out with my sober friends. That's boring no, to no, me. no, 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 no. That sucks. You, you gotta know? find new friends. Right, yeah. Who yeah. are more willing to sacrifice exactly. their body. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. Quick note, I'm looking at nineteen ninety eight in music. Yeah. Maybe I just don't know a lot of these albums, but this seems like potential for one of the weaker years. Oh, now. I think ninety eight, ninety nine are are notoriously Poor years for music, I think so. Interesting, like yeah. A, yeah this is gonna be no. A, I I think that's the case for sure. All right, let me make sure. Did you see that I added to the? I did. I'm seeing that right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. And little peep stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't have a ton to say. I don't either, but I think it's worth bringing up. It's pretty fucking crazy, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Um. All right, you ready? Yeah, you ready? All right, I so just, we can watch the Celtics game. Yes. Has it already started? No, no, no. We still got 21 minutes. Okay, so. All right. All right. Ready? Three, two, one. 